You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, Ronan Farrow's book is coming out next week, and the bombs have already started falling, including a graphic allegation of flat-out rape by Matt Lauer of an NBC News colleague at the Olympics. All report, you decide. And when it comes to bad owners, Nick fans, skin fans, move over. Meet Eugene Melnick of the Ottawa Senators. Your bonus 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, October 10th, 2019. Thank you for downloading tomorrow, Football Five Ways Friday. It's our subscriber edition of the ZabeCast. It will include football served up five different ways. Fried, grilled, poached, baked, you name it. You are looking live week six in the NFL. Mr. X and his gambling advice and picks charged with fantasy. We'll talk to Robert Klemko of SI on the so-called empowerment era for NFL players. Is it real or is it a hallucination? And Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports College Football Podcast will join us as well. Make sure to subscribe. Go to Zabe.com. You can also subscribe through the ZabeCast app on Libsyn. Okay. The result of Tuesday's Dodgers-Nats wildcard game. Oh, excuse me, that's old. The results of Wednesday's Dodger-Nats NLDS game five was too late for this edition. But the result of the Braves-Cardinals game five in Atlanta was not. And oh my God, the humanity. 
<clears throat> 13 to 1, your final what an ass whooping, courtesy of 10, 10, 10 runs in the first inning uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals. Old Fultonavich, what a terrible, terrible outing for him. I call these games like this, where they just blow up and go south right away. And excuse the insensitivity, but I call these space shuttle challenger games. I know, it's so wrong. They're different from Hindenburg games in which, you know, you're almost home, everything is fine, and oh no, what happened? Oh, the humanity. A space shuttle challenger game is one that blows up right away, and it's horrifying to watch. I would say that uh, watching the Braves give up 10 in the first, they just couldn't get anybody out, was truly a horror to watch. It's not unlike the Broncos-Seahawks Super Bowl of more recent vintage. Uh, The Redskins-Raiders Super Bowl in 1984. I forget the actual number. That would be one. Uh, The Falcons and Broncos in the Super Bowl in Miami when Eugene Robinson got pinched the night before for soliciting an undercover uh, police officer. That one went bad right away. In the NBA and the NHL, it's kind of hard to to have a challenger game because it's best of seven. And in the NBA, no matter how far you get down to start a game, you can always make a run. They always make a run in the NBA. Uh, Game seven of the NLCS in 1996, I was reminded by somebody on Twitter, was the Braves over the Cardinals 15 to nothing. So it took 23 years for the Cards to exact their revenge. In that game, Tom Glavin beat Donovan Osborne of the Cards uh, on the mound. Six runs in the first was the initial blow in that game. 15-0 your final 23 years ago. Now, if you can think of any other challenger games in sports, let me know. I'd like to hear. Ronan Farrell, the reporter who was on the trail of Harvey Weinstein or Harvey Weinstein, and then was pushed off by NBC News. Then it all eventually came out. Ronan Farrow's much-hyped and highly compensated tell-all book about not only Weinstein, but Matt Lauer as well, is due to be released next week. Variety has excerpts, and they are doozies. The book is called Catch and Kill. It recounts his investigation of the Weinstein Uh, story and the hurdles in his then employer NBC News that they put in his way that caused him to publish the story in the New Yorker instead. Also, he chronicles how Weinstein hired Black Cube, an investigative firm that employs ex-Israeli Mossad officers to try to stop him. And you can understand why now with all the fallout from it. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly 
and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie, I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. Mybookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Believe it or not, that is the Ottawa Senators theme song, or so says YouTube. Not sure how authentic that is, but you may be wondering, why, Zabe, are you talking Ottawa Senators on the Zabecast today? It's because my next guest has an interesting topic to explore. It's depressing, but it's interesting, and it's about the worst owners in all the sports, so for my fellow Redskin fans, yes, we got it bad. It could be worse. Joining us now, the voice of Cornell men's and women's hockey and ESPN Plus contributor, as well as the backup voice for the Capitals, Grady Wittenberg. Grady, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Zabe, and I can't express enough what a pleasure it is to, to be on one of your platforms. Uh, a big fan, and I think... Fandom is part of what we're talking about today because, yeah. it's, uh, as I put in my email to you, misery loves company, and uh, it's it's not fun, but I think sometimes it's therapeutic to, to try and talk it out. That's what you do for a living. I do it periodically, but not so much the frustration side of it. But yeah, uh, being a fan sometimes isn't easy. I am a licensed sports psychotherapist, trained. <laughs> Trained in the art of calming people to bleep down when things are going bad. But uh, it's really bad right now. By the way, is this really the Ottawa Senators theme song? I know you can't hear it, but do they have a theme song? Uh, they do. It's kind of, I can't even think of how to describe it because I cannot well, hear I'm, it. But it's- I'm playing it right now. I wish that uh, the stupid board would feed it down the line. But yeah, okay, good. So there it is. It sounds jazzy. It sounds snazzy. Some would say it's cheesy. Who cares about the theme song? They just care about the owner. You sent me an article in The Ringer, excellent article by Katie Baker, uh, dated just yesterday, October 8th, 2019, about the worst sports franchise owner in North America is actually in Ottawa. And I started reading about this guy, Eugene Melnick, and my eyelids started peeling back. You know more about this cat. Where do we begin? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's so many layers, and there were only so many things that uh, Katie's article delved into that much more could be told. I don't want to be the source of those things because sometimes they do come from some trusted sure. sources. Sure. My background, I worked with their minor league team in Binghamton. I was their radio broadcaster for 15 years. So you 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 develop some relationships, and then you develop some other you know contacts outside the organization, but with people in Ottawa. And people in Ottawa that are well connected, uh, uh, they can pass along different things. But it's 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 a smoke and mirror show as far as it seems to be a smoke and yeah. mirror show. 
allegedly, with uh, Melnick's finances. And he is very much, I think it's pretty much proven, he's very much cash-strapped, but he refuses to let the grip on the hockey team go while running it on a shoestring budget and yet trying to sell everybody on the fact that we're going to be competitive, we're going to go on this unparalleled run of success in five years of building up this this team that is barely scraping the NHL salary cap floor. And they've kind of done that with some, you know, not not trickery. It's all within the, the, the bounds of the the CBA and whatever, but uh, I don't know if you'd call it dead money. I know dead money is a term used a lot in football, but uh, they've gotten to the floor somehow, some way with some guys on long-term IR that aren't even playing for the team. And it's, I think the fans are just so frustrated with the fact that, he can't see the handwriting on the, on the wall. He's not suited to be an owner. Um, if he ever got near a loaded gun, uh, he would definitely shoot himself in the foot because he's done that verbally time and time again. And right. uh, the fans have just had enough. Uh, and it's, it's, it's funny that I listen to you every day, uh, particularly as we talk about the situation with uh, Snyder and the Redskins. And I emailed one of your podcasts to one of my friends up in Ottawa. And I said, you could just substitute Ottawa in for Washington and Melnick in for Snyder. And these two situations almost yeah. parallel one another. It's, it's uncanny and it's, it's sad for both fan bases. Well, this guy Melnick got in there in 03 when the senators were in deep financial trouble. And I forget when they were born. What year was that Ottawa came into the league? Uh, 1992. Right. So, you know, 13, 11 years on, they're in deep financial trouble. He slides in, but now his finances might be as shaky as the legendary John Spano, who if you saw the 30 for 30 on him trying to buy the New York Islanders with nothing but letterhead and a good story, this is unfortunately the case with more than just a couple of NHL franchises. They're not printing presses for money like a football team is, right, Grady? You have to be a sharp businessman, and you have to have some money. So Melnick's money, we're not sure where it's coming from. Uh, he's a big in pharmaceuticals, um, and that's you know that's supposedly what his backing was when uh, the board of governors approved him for ownership back in the day. And uh, you know things were great. He he was looked at, I believe, as a savior at that point. Um, I, and I don't recall, I'm getting a little bit older, I'm mid fifties now. So the, the brain isn't what it used to be, but you know, I, I don't know if there were ever any, uh, thoughts or threats of, Hey, we're going to move this franchise. If, if the, the, the previous owner before Melnick couldn't uh, keep it afloat because he just didn't incur such debt, such service debt on the arena, which they played in what is the junior arena up there to begin with, where. Uh, the Ottawa 67 still compete in the Ontario Hockey League. So they were in a little building that seated, I think, about 7,000 people when they first were born into the NHL. They had this building uh, erected, and it just came with such service debt. The Canadian economy typically isn't nearly what uh, the, the U.S. economy is. And I, I can't put my finger on specifically when it began to spiral down. But finances aside, he's just made so many unpopular decisions with personnel, including the most recognizable, the two most recognizable faces of the franchise, longtime captain Daniel Alfredson and uh, former captain Eric Carlson. Alfredson retired after kind of being ditched by the organization, spent one year in Detroit, 
retiring, then came back to a front office position, had a falling out with uh, the aforementioned Eugene Melnick and uh, Eric Carlson kind of uh, wanting to get the going rate for an all-star point-producing defenseman in his prime, 29-year-old. Um, they didn't want to resign him for market rate, and they ended up trading him to the San Jose Sharks. And last year, another fan favorite who was going to be the next cornerstone of this franchise in Mark Stone, up-and-comer. And I kind of have a little bit of a personal attachment with Stone because he came up through the system, spent a couple of years in Binghamton, and really put the work into becoming a full-time and now a standout NHLer. Certainly not a flashy player, but he was a heart and soul, blue-collar guy, and the fans gravitated to him next. Once Carlson was traded, uh, they end up trading him to, or I, I take that back, he left for free agency mm-hmm. and signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. So it's just been one thing after another. When you roll the finances into it, mismanagement of not only players, but star players, generational players from a fan perspective and a population a fan population that's only been around since 1992 it's he, he's just taken a machete seemingly to everything and uh, you look in the stands nowadays and it shows even though the season has just started usually the enthusiasm is high there's not really much much enthusiasm just because of what has been done and they're playing a bunch of youngsters so it it's been frustration and anger and hate all the way around (laughs) it's a shame too because the passion for hockey in ottawa is burning with the passion of a thousand sons but they don't have that professional team to get behind at least not a good one not worthy of the city and the area no for sure and you're talking about an organization i want to say it was three springs ago they were one goal in double overtime against the pittsburgh penguins of knocking out the Penguins and moving on to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And it, it just spun on a dime. There were some things bubbling up with Melnick here and there, but if things are kind of going okay, you can kind of look past them. And then it was just so hard to believe the turnaround in one year and literally the, the, the wheels just began falling off with one bad yeah. move after another, whether it be on the ice or off the ice with some front office personnel and it's just been a perfect storm of uh, ugliness for, and, for the hockey fans. And it doesn't help when things that are seemingly out of the owner's control bubble up like that ugly Melinda Carlson accusations uh, against, uh, who was it, Mike Hoffman, I believe? Yeah, with... Mike Hoffman's fiance at the time. And, oh. uh, yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't even really have any words for that. I just, you're, we're, we're human beings. <laughs> Right. Like, Basically, you, Hoffman accused somebody. Hoffman accused Carlson's wife of an online extended harassment, just nonstop, including uh, things about uh, you know personal things that were like way out of bounds. You're like, what's going on here? Yeah, Melinda uh, had a uh, unfortunately a stillborn child, and. Yeah, it's it's not worth dredging yeah. back up. Right. It's just like, how could you be so heartless? And right. the good side to that, uh, Eric and Melinda Carlson now in San Jose, uh, they, they recently welcomed their first child. In fact, it happened during uh, opening week last week as he couldn't uh, play last week for either one or two games that the Sharks were, were uh, playing in. So some things do have a happy right. ending, but uh, it, it's just you, you shake your head at some of the weirdness off the ice in addition to the owner that can't get out of his own way and, you know, no one to sell. But I think one of the things we talk about the finances of the NHL, it's not uh, the way it is in most every other sport, but there 
is a developing source of good TV revenue when you talk about the national contracts uh, as the Canadian broadcast rights play into it. They're coming up for renewal, I think, after this coming season and also with Seattle becoming the 32nd NHL team beginning play in, I want to say, a year and a half from now. Um, there's a lot of new money to be had, and some people have hypothesized that Eugene Melnick may be hanging around just long enough to get his hands on that money. Ooh. And I would, it would seem like there has to be some safeguards in there that, you know, you can't say that you have to reinvest that money. Common sense would tell you to reinvest that money in your business. It's been hypothesized that maybe, maybe take that money and run and then sell the team. And, but next ownership group or an individual owner that comes in, they'll be hamstrung by the same issues and not have that, kind of that pot of gold that uh, all NHL owners are going to see coming down the road here in a little over a year. Yeah, I would watch this, cat from reading about it in The Ringer. Uh, just a quick rundown of the issues with Melnick. Uh, his company, BioVail, settled with the SEC for $25 million, uh, for fraud and accounting. Uh, $138 million of a class action suit on top of that put out a bizarre video before the season that was supposed to be inspirational, but instead called the team he owns a in the dumpster, quote-unquote, that was not really reading the room. I uh, got sued for a million dollars, this guy, by the Mohegan Sun Casino because of bounced checks from a St. Patrick's Day gambling spree in which he claimed, well, I tried to cash out while I was ahead, but the casino wouldn't let me. That seems pretty <laughs> hard to believe. Uh, he banned one reporter from a team plane because the reporter had covered the existence of that video posted by an Uber driver in Arizona that showed some senators talking, you know, smack about an assistant coach. Uh, and then there's perhaps a global dark web, web uh, Ukrainian hacker angle to some bloggers' websites about the team, and you got quite a storm. And I wouldn't doubt it if he's hanging on just for the expansion money, and then as soon as he gets that, he's gone off to somewhere else. The guy lives in the Bahamas or Barbados, which is a great tax haven to begin with. Look out oh, for this geez. guy. And one thing, I think it was in the article, but if not, it's, it's public. It was the NHL's 100th anniversary celebration season. I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago. It was within the last couple of years. And they had this big outdoor game and it was, it's featuring Ottawa and uh, the Montreal Canadiens. He goes and does an interview and this big celebration, and it's more or less kind of a threat to the fans of Ottawa that if, if attendance doesn't pick up, we could be relocating. He drops that bomb in the midst of the NHL celebration of its 100th season. It's just the guy doesn't get it, and the, the fans don't get it. The diehards still come out, but looking at that arena now, it's like if you come across the game on TV, it looks like a game in Arizona or it looks like a game in Sunrise, Florida. And it's it's shocking for a Canadian city, and uh, they're always talking about feeling slighted north of the border. Obviously, the the franchises are heavily skewed uh, in the states. I think there's seven Canadian franchises, of which Ottawa is one of them, and most everywhere else, it's sold out crowds except yeah. one place in Canada's capital city. And it's it's the optics are horrible. Uh, the optics on Melnick are horrible. Uh, if he just would cut bait, I think that place would be filled. It's going to take a while to turn around on the ice, but if uh, he cut bait, sold the franchise, get somebody in there that wants to let hockey people do hockey things, he'd be a heck of a lot better off, and the fans certainly would be better off as well. 
Well, I don't know if it makes Redskin fans feel any better, but there is company in misery that not only is the football team in the country who worships football, America, in the nation's capital, a complete dumpster fire, the hockey team in a nation that adores the good old hockey game, Canada, in their capital city, their team is also a total dumpster fire. Misery meet company. We are brothers in arms. I might go buy an Ottawa Senators jersey online just to be in support and solidarity. Hopefully for you guys, Melnick will go bankrupt or will run with his expansion money and you can get a better owner. I don't know if there's hope here in D.C. that Dan Snyder will ever give up the Redskins. So I don't know. I don't know. No, no, it's it's shocking that they just don't see the handwriting on the wall. They can't handle it and they need to get out. But, you know, it's that pride and arrogance and, and whatever else that comes along with being in that position of power that the fans have to end up suffering with, my friend. All right. Grady Wittenberg, ESPN Plus, voice of Cornell men's and women's hockey. You'll be doing a Caps game on November 11th as the backup to John Walton. Great to talk to you, my friend, and we'll chat again down the road. Sounds good, Zabe. Take care. All right. There you go. Uh, That is a wow story. It's one of those stories where you go, wait a minute, really? And the answer is, oh, yeah, really. It makes me appreciate Ted more. You know, Ted here in town is insufferable. He's the smartest guy in the room, but you know what? He is way more ethical by a million miles than good old uh, uh, Eugene Melnick. I wonder if he's any relation to Steve Melnick, the former golfer and golf announcer. Probably not. I think Melnick might be a somewhat standard name, certain parts, but yeah. Yeah, there you go. He's just one guy. I mean, there are so many other owners, and this is how Katie Baker begins her piece on The Ringer, saying, look, there is fierce competition. Yes, Dan Snyder, douchebag, calling in Jay Gruden to fire his ass at 5 a.m., but guess what? Who's going to replace Jim Dolan atop the Mount Rushmore of worst, most shitty owners in all of sports? You know, the Wilpons with the Mets are tightwads after, of course, they got greedy and had so much of their fortune wiped out by Bernie Madoff. Mike Brown is a hopeless relic in Cincinnati. Suns owner Robert Sarver is a turbo douchebag and keeps on threatening to relocate. And the list goes on. You can talk about a number of other owners that are just not very good, if not downright terrible. The Tampa Bay Rays new ownership. They're talking about splitting time between two cities. I mean, I think that is a terrible idea. And I'm usually open to out-of-the-box ideas that perhaps aren't quite ready for their time, but that is absolutely a bad one. We'll wrap with a little bit of housekeeping and then a soundbite for you. This email from Jack Briggs, my friend and loyal one percenter and Zabe Vegas veteran and adult hockey league player, now living in my future home of North Scottsdale, formerly of Anthem, Arizona. Jack Briggs writes to say, Zabe, when we were building our house, my wife asked if I wanted a three TV setup, quote, just like your hero, the Zabe. The only answer was, of course, yes. So here's our setup. 
75-inch center Sony, flanked by 65-inch Samsungs, Sonos soundbar, two additional Sonos speakers. Every single night, Zabe, we enjoy the buffet of entertainment. Thank you to you and Mr. Lynn for blazing the trail. Sincerely, Jack Briggs. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it brings a tear to my eye, actually. I need to create a three-TV Hall of Fame and just include pictures and a short story from everybody who has been inspired by me and has created their own five-hour energy domes. In fact, my webmaster, my marketing guru, podcast god, Chris Broussard, sent out a tweet to 5-Hour Energy, at 5-Hour Energy, saying the naming rights for my theater were coming up at the end of the year. And that's he got a response from them. They said, keep your hands off of our dome or something like that. Man, I'd love it if I could get some product from them. I really would. I don't even need money. Just send me some of that juice. Anyhow, I will try to partner with a company in D.C., try to partner with a company in Milwaukee that can do some AV setup and also uh, maybe get a national firm set up to help you just with the do's and don'ts, the DIYs, the, you know, what do you want, what don't you want. I can give you some pointers, but I need to create that page, that little area on Zabe.com, which is the 3TV Hall of Fame. And I want, it's my mission to get every red-blooded American sports fan, male, female, gender neutral, non-specific, doesn't matter to me. I want three TVs in every home, a chicken in every pot and three TVs in every sports fan's home. Meanwhile, as you may know, I've been residing in the deep 90s of the top 100 sports radio hosts in America, according to, looks at notes, some magazine. Oh yeah, Talkers, Talkers magazine. Well, apparently, Talkers Magazine has some marketing agreement with a company that will make a plaque that says, one of the top 100 most important sports radio hosts in America. And it's got your name, and it doesn't include your rank, which is smart because it's not that impressive that I'm down at 92 or 93 or whatever. But it it's like a plaque. It's what you'd see on a dentist's office. $129. And I thought, ah. Fucking rip off. You kidding me? No. Somehow they've just been pestering me. Email, email, email. And then finally a light bulb went ding in my head. Light bulbs don't ding. Okay, Mr. Off Mike asshole guy. A light bulb went off in my head and I said, you know what? I'll take one of those. Two reasons. One, hey, life is short. My career could well be on its downward arc. Might as well get the plaque for being top 100 while I can. The second reason, and who knows if I'm dreaming on this one, but let's say I do buy one. What if my ranking magically shoots up next year, 30 or 40 spots? I I'm just saying, maybe it's because my show's better. Maybe it's because my riffs are better. My takes are hotter. Who knows? The independent panel that I'm sure pours over demo tapes and makes sure to listen to all the hosts in America and has a very elaborate ranking system, they would never put their finger on the scale just because one of us actually bought the plaque for $129 plus shipping and handling. But who knows? 
and somewhere I can hear Sally's voice say dismissively, sucker. Finally, we'll leave you this. I've heard this story many a time over. It's one of the most often told tales regarding Daniel M. Snyder, owner of Washington Redskins. So it's not news to me, but I play this soundbite for you for one reason. It's who says it. Andrew Brandt, who is a very well-respected voice, not a hot take artist, a guy who has been in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers, negotiated contracts under Ron Wolf, signed guys like, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and others, had the following to say on the Ross Tucker podcast regarding Dan Snyder. Close friend of mine has children that play with the children of, of Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Redskins. My buddy picks up his his kids, his girls, and says, "Hey Dan, thanks for having them over. Really enjoy they really enjoy playing with your girls." And he, my buddy, tells me, Daniel Snyder says to my friend, fifty-year-old man, "It's Mister Snyder." And I'm thinking, who does that? Who does that? So. I don't know. That's just a story to give some context on ownership in Washington. Yep. I've heard it a million times, and I don't doubt a word of it. And the answer is, who does that? This guy. I don't understand how people get motivated that way, especially in situations where it's one father to another. Not a public setting. There's no power play needed. But apparently, that's what he likes to be called. Mr. Snyder. That will do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Yay! You made it to the end of the Zabecast. Thank you for those who will subscribe and listen to tomorrow's Football Five Ways Friday. As always, tell a couple friends, rate and review, help tickle the algorithms, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Have yourself a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? 
Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancer Screen Info. Dot com.